Trading Nut, episode 261. Law 7 is where you start to think like a professional trader. What I've noticed the difference between an amateur and a professional is the amateur tends to get very, very happy when they win, whereas the professional tends to be quite stoic after a win. And realizing that this goal of becoming a prop firm funded trader, it has risks, it has drawbacks, it has disadvantages. Even the best traders out there that I look up to, they go through winning periods, they go through losing periods. It's part of the game. Rather, these traders just know how to manage the losing periods better than any other trader. That's why they've sustained their success. And you want to start to, in your mind, realize that losing his benefits too. Imagine you had two golfers. You had Tiger Woods and you had Pat Bailooney. I'm a horrendous golfer, right? Tiger Woods has mastered the foundational principles of golf so that he can have that intuitive sense and he can make you know intuitive decisions. Whereas if I was to go in there and say, I'm an intuitive golfer when I haven't even mastered the base principles of golf, I'm kidding myself, right? When you put it in context, I've worked with a trader that was in the pits at an in-house prop firm. He was very, very advanced. And in those situations, you... Folks, we've got Pat Bailooney back in the house today. He's been on the show before. He's a trading mindset expert and has worked with some of the top traders around the world. Today, he breaks down some of the 48 laws of trading that he teaches his top clients. So you're going to get 12 of them. It's a great episode. We dive deep into these. You're really going to understand a different way of seeing the markets, a different way of thinking, and might be able to apply some of that to your own trading. Now, in the show, I make a bit of a verbal blunder. If you pick it up, Send me an email, support at tradingnut.com, and you'll go into a prize draw that we'll announce next week to win access to my Robot Lab Live build. We're building out a fair value gap strategy based on a high time frame setup and a fair value gap lower time frame entry. It's all going to be automated. We're halfway through it at the moment. You're going to get access to it for free if you win that prize draw. So yeah, what's the blunder in the show? Listen up, stay tuned, send me an email. Now, before we dive in, if you do want to find out how I'm getting on with my Blue Guardian challenge, I was doing weekly updates we're going to move those to monthly and we're going to do little weekly updates here in these interviews so stay tuned for that um, that's coming up soon and talking about prop firms i actually managed to get my very first prop firm payout in the last couple of weeks how did i do it it's very unique i worked with a team of people i'm going to show you exactly how it's done and you can copy it too there's a video that we dropped here on the channel in the last 24 hours so if you do want to see it what we'll do is we'll hook up a link below this one in the description go and check it out it's a great little intro into how this works and the webinar that we're going to run in the next couple of weeks so if you do want to sign up to that webinar there should be a qr code on the screen and a short url as well love to see you there and find out how i managed to get my very first prop firm payout right folks enough from me let's dive into this interview with pat our sponsor blue guardian is the only prop firm that gives their traders a tool to protect them from hitting their max daily loss and over trading it's super simple to use just set the guardian protector each day from your dashboard did you also know that they've just released an unlimited time evaluation with a zero trading days requirement giving you plenty of time to hit their low 8 and 4% targets, making it super fast to get funded. Plus, it's cheaper than the 40-day time limit evaluation. Check out the link and coupon in the description to get 10% off your next Blue Guardian evaluation. All right, folks, uh, welcome to Trading Up. We've got uh, Pat Bay Looney on the show. We've uh, done a full podcast with him before, so if you do want to check that out, there's a, a link below this video, which you'll be able to get access to that. Uh, he breaks down a whole bunch of stuff, including his full story. But today, he's back on the show to talk to you about trading psychology, in particular, uh, some of the laws that he's managed to curate over his uh, life as a trading psychology coach, and some of them and how they relate to uh, Paul Tudor Jones, one of those, those famous traders out there, almost like a bit of a like mini market wizard series here. So welcome back to the show, Pat. Thanks so much for having me, Cam, and it's great to be back. Awesome. Well, look, let's. Uh, what, what should we start off with? Should we start off with Paul Tudor Jones and, and how that relates to you know, lessons that we can take away from trading psychology point of view, or do we yep. dive into the laws first? Paul Tudor Jones. Okay, yeah, let's, let's, let's go there. with that. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Well, um, like I was mentioning to Cam before, um, over the last eight years, I've been obsessed with collecting and collating uh, laws of the human nature that could help me become a better trader. And uh, what I what I did was whenever I found something that was interesting, or whether, whether I read a book like The Market Wizards or something like that, I would write something down and I would try and implement that law. Um, into my trading to see what type of impact it had for me. And uh, over the last eight years, I've had the opportunity to work with and observe thousands of traders as a performance coach as well, um, teaching them these laws and seeing the positive impacts these laws have had in their trading. And over time, I've sort of prioritized that list, got rid of things that don't really work, got rid of things that are a little bit gimmicky um, and uh, and formalized um, what I call the 48 laws of, of trading psychology. And recently, I was doing a video on my YouTube channel on Paul Tudor Jones, and it was very interesting to see 
um, how some of those laws crossed over as well. And uh, um, should I just run through some of the, the the main observations that I found of of Paul Tudor Jones' camp? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, first off, we've got a question. Like, so how did you determine that you know some of them don't work very well? What was one of the sort of insights that you got there? Well. What I was very interested in is finding things that were what I call universal principles, things that would work now and would work in 10 years and work 10 years ago, right? Evergreen principles. I was also interested in finding things that uh, worked with everybody, not just worked with me. Um, so there were some things that I thought would initially work, um, which we can talk a little bit about later, um, but they they didn't have longevity to them and they didn't last. Um, actually, one of the one of the things that was... was uh, um, very obvious to me is that initially I put an expectation on myself as a trader that I always had to be a winning trader. I always had to be profitable, right? Sometimes when we observe like very, very good traders, we think that all they do is win. Um, so that was one of the, the initial principles, like repeating and affirming to myself that I'm always a winning trader. And what I found was that that's just not the reality of trading. And what that actually did was it imposed an unrealistic expectation of myself that I had to always be a winning trader. And then when I would go through losing streaks, which are part of the probability model anyway, things that traders have to go through, I would then beat myself up because I'm not living up to this, this fantasy, this one-sided fantasy. So that was one of the laws initially um, that I had in my in my little trading playbook. Um, and that was yeah, eventually- did somebody like sort of highlight that to you and say, "Hey, look, you know, what about when I lose?" Or, or what what sort of came to light? Was it just a realization that this isn't going to fly because it doesn't match up with some of the other laws? Or I'm, I'm just interested to find out, like, what did, what do you did, you know? How did you get to this really curated list of laws that are that are actually you know solid as? Well, with this with this particular principle, I remember there was a, an interaction I had. I was getting some performance coaching from a very successful trader. I may have mentioned her on a previous interview. I'm not, not entirely sure, um, but she was someone I really looked up to in the markets. Yeah. And um, when I was when I was um, uh, uh, started working with her, and she came off and said that I, you know, I make this amount of money. I do very very well, and I still have you know very tough periods in my trading. And she opened up about her challenges as a trader. And that sort of opened my mind to, you know what? I don't have to win all the time to be a successful trader, to be a consistently profitable trader. Um, even the best traders out there that I look up to, they go through winning periods, they go through losing periods. It's part of the game. Um, rather, these traders just know how to manage the losing periods better than any other trader. That's why they've sustained their success. Um, so that was for that particular principle, uh, principle that's, what that, uh, that's what happened. Um, but... Over time, things it just became very obvious that, um, and then when I started working with a lot of traders, started teaching them to them, um, some traders would point out holes in some principles and others would be like, oh, this really resonates with me. This really works. So over time, I've sort of refined that list. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe I will continue to refine the list, um, but I'm quite certain in the, in the first 12 of those. So I'll, uh, I'll share some of those later. Awesome. Right. Well, let's dive in and hear the first one. Uh, okay, cool. So the first law of uh, trading psychology um, uh, is uh, you have to know yourself as a trader. There are, there are so many traders out there. And this, this is ironically not, people think it's not trading related, but it has everything to do with trading. There are so many traders out there who go about living their own daily lives, right? They have a unique set of priorities. They have a unique set of things they value in their life based on what their life demonstrates. And um, some traders come to the market um, but what they're doing is they're working a full-time job and they have a very high value and high priority on their full-time job. And what they do is they come to the market and then they look at maybe a full-time trader who's who's had their journey to success and what they did. And what they try and do is they try and emulate this full-time trader who has a completely different set of priorities and they try and do something um, that may not work for them. So something I, I share with traders, the first law of trading psychology is you have to know yourself and you have to know what your life demonstrates is most important to you is of priority to you because that's really your foundation. And then you can set a goal of becoming a, a full-time consistently profitable trader, but the way you approach that with your unique set of priorities may be different to another trader who has a different set of priorities. But if you don't know where you currently are, you know, it's like, I want to accomplish a goal. I want to go from A to B, but traders don't know where A is. They don't know where B is. How can you expect yourself to go from A to B if you don't know where A and B is? So you have to start by knowing yourself, understanding what your priorities are, understanding what you value in your life right now, understanding where you are before you set the goal of where you want to get to and that path to get there. That's really that's really law one. Mm. That, that then, is so true, though. I mean, like it is, 
even even the, the time zone, right? So a lot of people are going to have mentors in, in other time zones, and that mentor may be, you know, quite happy to trade the the London session because it's at a convenient time for them. Whereas, you know, you might it might be in the middle of the night for you, and yep. you're going, well, how am I going to take these trades in London when it's, you know, I'm tired or I'm having to wake up in the middle of the night, worked all day. So the, even just minute little things like that can be a difference in priority on your life. You know, you're prioritizing sleep. So, um, yeah, interesting one. Very, very useful. Yep, yep, yep. That's why I also encourage traders that really the only mentor or teacher that you should have is is the market. At the end of the day, when you backtest the market and you and you create your reg in the market, the market's going to tell you what's right and wrong for your you know for your system and the way you live and your lifestyle and stuff like that. Doesn't mean you don't learn from other people. Doesn't mean you take don't take great information when it's passed on. But at the end of the day, you should be looking at the market and figuring out. Does this strategy or this system work for me based on my lifestyle, based on my risk management protocol, based on everything I do? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to be able to tell you um, what's profitable or not and what works for you or not. Um, and then law two and three are tying very nicely to that. Law two is you want to have clear goals. You want to have a clear picture for your life of where you would love to get to. And not only for your trading. Um, so many traders think that you know I should just focus 100% on my trading and neglect other areas of my life. But the, the truth is, if you neglect your health, for example, you may, you know, become very, uh, you may get a lot of brain fog, you may be very disempowered in that area, you may get sick, you may be unwell, and that's going to affect your trading. And if you don't empower your relationships, and you have arguments in your relationships, or you feel like you're not in a loving relationship, that's going to affect your trading. Um, so if you want to be, you know, if you want to be a successful trader, you have to also empower other areas of life, because if you don't, they're ultimately going to have, they're going to be distractions to your trading. So Law two is you have to set clear goals in all of the areas of life, all seven areas of life, um, and and work to empower yourself in those areas because any of those areas you're not empowered in are going to be a distraction to your trading ultimately. And then law three is is connecting law one and law two. Law one is knowing where you are right now. Law two is about knowing where you would love to be in you know in in a few years' time or in a year's time. And then law three is about building momentum every day. It's about identifying these specific action steps. They're going to get you from A to B. They're going to get you to your goals. And it's all about now that you know the outcome that you would love, it's about identifying the process, the specific action steps that are going to get you there. Um, that, that's that's law one to three. And traders think that that has nothing to do with trading, but it has everything to do with trading. Because if you don't take care of the macro picture of your life, then there's going to be a lot of distractions. There's going to be a lot of vol volatilities that are ultimately going to uh, affect your trading. So, mm. Yeah. And so in terms of like that, you know, step-by-step there, step, plan A to B, how do you get there? What what do you walk people through in that area? How do you get them to come up with a, a you know, a plan to get the momentum? Yeah, well, the momentum is built by executing on high priority actions every day. So it's like, for example, you want to become a consistently profitable trader. That's the goal. Right now, your life doesn't demonstrate that's true. Right now, you're maybe at break-even results. You want to set a goal in a year's time to become a consistently profitable trader. Now, you want to identify what are the proven action steps that traders have taken to become a consistently profitable trader. Well, what do you have to do? First, you have to identify an edge in the market. The action step there is you know, learning from different people, watching YouTube videos, uh, then testing the market to see if that edge is profitable. And then step two is about taking that edge and putting into a trading plan, into a step-by-step -step trading plan and system that allows you to come to the market every day and execute on that to consistently execute on your edge. And then what's step three? Step three is you need to learn how to manage fear and greed so you don't deviate from your trading plan. And step four is you need to structure your life in a way to consistently execute on that so you can have consistent profitability. So there are, there are proven action steps that you can take. You just have to observe and see what other people did. And then what you want to do is you want to you know, you want to take those specific action steps and structure those in your life, and you want to focus on adhering to those action steps. It's the process behind getting to the goal. Um, so yeah, once you know when you want to, where you want to get to, you can maybe look at other people who've already been there and, and and emulate what they did to get there. But it's really about once you have the goal, identifying the action steps and focusing on those.
Hey folks, what a view behind me. I'm at Blackpool Markets headquarters here in Auckland, New Zealand. Speaking of views, you can get TradingView paid plans for free at Blackpool Markets, saving you up to $600 a year. That's right, get either the Essential Plus or Premium plans absolutely free, and all you need to do is trade from one lot a month at Blackpool Markets. And you can also get a 100% deposit bonus for your first deposit up to $1,000. All you need to do is click the Trading Nut link in the description below. What about uh, number four? Law four. Uh, law four is all about having the proper trading plan and, and trading processes. Um, I do a lot of trading psychology work with with traders, um, but what I found is that a lot of traders come to me to learn how to manage their emotions or deal with losing or manage winning. And what I actually found was that a lot of the the, the issues stem from the fact that the, mar- the traders coming to the market and they're overwhelmed with decisions. And that what tends to happen is they're the, the, the amygdala, the emotional part of your brain gets activated and you make silly decisions that you later regret. So what I found was really, really important before we got into the mindset work was to ensure that you have your edge clearly outlined in a trading plan and a trading checklist so that you know exactly what you're doing in the market. It's all laid out for you and you have a specific set of criteria that you execute on the market and you're not overwhelmed by decisions now because your checklist tells you exactly what to do. It's black and white. Yes, 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 no. Okay, I don't execute. I sit on my hands. Or yes, 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 yes. Great, I execute in the position. Or I take that trade. And I think when traders can get to a state where they put their system into a mechanical system that's black and white, and you have a checklist guiding your decision-making in the market, then you take care of a lot of the emotional problems anyway. Um, So that's why that's law four. And law five now is you have to be able to go into your positions. Now that you have a trading plan, now that you know what you're executing on, you have to be able to go into your positions um, expectation-free. There are a lot of traders who create ideas in their mind about what they think is going to happen next, about what they want the market to do next. And when you do that, you have what's called confirmation bias to only let in information that supports your idea, your expectation. And you have what's called disconfirmation bias to block out any information that runs counter to that belief or that bias. So whenever we set expectations of what we think the outcome is going to be, we stop ourselves from listening to what the market's trying to communicate to us. And we can't make the wisest decisions because we're not listening to what the market's communicating to us. We're just forcing ideas onto the market. And the market's never wrong. The market always has to be listened to because when the market presents an opportunity that aligns with our trading plan, that's when we execute. But we can't listen to the market if we're caught up in our own head and what I call the virtual market, projecting ideas onto the real market. So law five is all about becoming aware of any expectations we have on the outcome of a position and having questions and having a questioning process to ground those expectations before we get into a trade and ensure that we're aligned with our trading plan and only adhering or only executing on trades that are part of our trading plan, really. So that's that's law five. Now, on that, I mean, like for people that are trading on the lower timeframes, they might be looking at, you know, three trades in a session which is you know on on the higher end i mean how do you know for them to get in they they might be like in a session for an hour hour and a half and they might be taking three trades because it's Mm. just three setups the setups aren't like super complex and they're getting in and getting out how would you how do you sort of work with somebody in that case where they've you know taking a lot of trades so they may not have like a ton of time to do the analysis and then talk through how they're gonna make you know make sure their psychology is on point for that point five Yep. Yep. Well, it's at the end of the day, it's like a muscle, right? You go, you go to the gym and, and you train a muscle for the first week. You have no, no, no progress or no growth whatsoever. And then, you know, three months later, you start to see a little growth. A year later, you realize you have a bicep now. Um, it's no different with the, the mindset work. I, I find that initially traders, uh, I teach them the principle initially. They understand it, they grasp it. And then, you know, they go to the market and they may, implement that principle 30% of the time, whereas 70% of the time they fall into outcome-based thinking, projecting onto the market. But over time, what starts to happen is you build that self-awareness and it becomes second nature, it becomes a muscle. And it gets to a point, I work with a lot of low, lower timeframe traders. I predominantly work with lower timeframe traders because predominantly they tend to have more emotional challenges than higher mm-hmm. timeframe cha- traders. Um, and I, it's no different. I hold them accountable to adhere to the, to the principles and to the laws. And I, I, I tell them that, um, and what, what we tend to do is like a week later, we then have a look at their trades and we analyze and we go in depth and we see that 
you know, the positions that they were caught up in their own head about forcing onto the market, ideas onto the market, uh, they tend to be highly emotional in those situations and they tend to deviate from their trading plan in those situations. So I show them the facts and show them that if you adhere to uh, expectation-free decision-making, um, that you tend to have better results and you stick to your trading plan and you're less emotional and you build consistent profitability. And over time, they start to get it and they realize the benefit of doing that and they start to adhere to it more and more. Um, but a lot of the principles are ideals. It's like you're not going to stick to them 100% of the time and you're not going and it's not wise to beat yourself up when you don't stick to them. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a growing thing. You, you, you grow into it. Um, so my suggestion is hold yourself accountable to the principles and don't beat yourself up when you deviate from them every so often over time, you'll build that muscle. And do you, do you ever come across traders that um, typically have like a, I suppose a, a strategy that will is, is very much a read the market discretionary kind of strategy, i.e. it's not a, I'm just going to enter here. I'm going to exit here, and you know, I might take partials along the way, but um, the, you know, that the exit is kind of fixed. Versus, I suppose, somebody who's the trader I'm thinking about is where the exit isn't fixed, and they might go, "Well, I'm going to read price." So therefore, that sort of expectation happens maybe every single candle yep. um, that prints, and they've got to make a decision. Oh, am I going to stay in? Am I going to move my stops? Am I going to trail it? Am I going to get out? Am I et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, and we all know that one candle can just come back and destroy all that profit and take you out at either break even or even a loss. I mean, how, do, how does somebody who's that sort of tight with, I'm discretionary, I'm reading price, deal with, you know, well, how would you help somebody in that in that scenario? Well, even if you have to make a decision every candle, uh, that decision-making can be quantified and that decision-making can be put into a set of criteria of what you do and don't look for and the decision you make as a result. So um, I... I encourage traders, and I, I'm working with one right now, and we're working on it, where uh, he came from a very discretionary approach, and he initially said to me that it's going to be very, very difficult to put my system into a mechanical system. And I said, let's just try. Let's try and make your system 100% mechanical. And even though there are, uh, you know, sometimes we create uh, like a traffic light system, for example, where uh, it may not be 100% absolute, there are some gray areas here and there. Right in between a green and an orange, for example, there's like a gray area. It's not an absolute thing, but we're still trying to make the decision making as mechanical as possible. Because the argument I have for this is, you know, how can you expect consistent profitability if you're not consistently executing in the market? If every day you come to the market, you're feeling slightly different, and the way you execute today is different to the way you executed yesterday, and and the way you execute tomorrow is different to the way you executed the day before because you're feeling different and you have a different perception of risk that day, how can you expect consistent profitability if you're not consistently executing on an edge? This is why I'm, I'm very, very big on identify an edge and then make it as mechanical as possible. Even, even if there are slight gray areas, make it as mechanical as possible. And then your focus as a trader becomes on adhering to the process and, uh, not, and then managing your emotions to ensure that you can adhere to the process and not deviating from that process. Um, it's quite but interesting. I, I've got a couple of things going in my head here. I've got one is golf. The other one is creativity. And like golf is very much like once you've can, you know, you might be creative in the shot you take, but you've got to kind of stick to the principles to and be mechanical to get your shot doing yep. what you want it to do. Same distance, that kind of thing. In terms of trading, the, the word creativity, have you ever sort of pondered that and thought destructive like, you know, you can't be creative or, or how to, because people typically have some part of their brain, which is obviously creative. Yep. How, do you, how do you sort of, how have you pigeonholed that that word and, and that behavior? Well, we have to put this in context, right? It's like, imagine you had two golfers, you had Tiger Woods and you had Pat Bailooney. I'm a, I'm a horrendous golfer, right? So it's like Tiger Woods has mastered the foundational principles of golf so that he can have that intuitive sense and he can make, you know, intuitive decisions um, in, in, you know, in certain situations. Whereas if I was to go in there and say, I'm an intuitive golfer, when I haven't even mastered the base principles of golf and I have no idea how to swing, swing the, swing the club, I'm kidding myself. Right. So it's um, when you put it in context, I've worked with a, a trader that was in the pits um, at a in-house prop firm 
who was, you know, who was very, very advanced. And in those situations, you, you the, the trading plan is still mechanical, but there are certain situations where they deviate from that trading plan on intuitive thought, on creative thought, but only because he's had 20 years of experience and the intuition is is calibrated. Whereas, you know, some some traders who are maybe, you know, not as advanced, they come in here and they think they're making intuitive decisions, where in fact what they're doing is they're getting into a greed complex, getting caught up in a fantasy in their mind about how much money they could make and they're chasing that rabbit hole. So you have to distinguish between intuitive thought or what is more fear and greed, which is more animalistic. Intuitive mm -hmm. is an advanced trader who's very, very good. They've mastered the base, base principles. They've mastered the mechanical system. Then they can use uh, intuitive thought. Whereas a trader who's kidding themselves, they, they confuse intuition with greed and they, they go off in a little bit of a rabbit hole. So, yeah. that's, a great, that's a great answer. Right. Should we dive into uh, seven, number seven? Uh, yep, law six. Law six uh, I think we covered law, law five, expectation oh, sorry, free. Yeah. Law six is about transcending judgment. Um, and, you know, traders get so caught up when they take a win they get, well, we start with losses, right? Um, a lot of traders take losses and all of a sudden they, it's the end of the world. They beat themselves up. They go into this shameful state. They go into this fearful state where they, they're, they're afraid to execute the next trade. Um, and law six is about transcending the judgment on an outcome, on the outcome of a position. We get trained through society, through upbringing that losing is bad. Whenever we lose in sport or in school or in university or in our job, people say bad luck to us. They There's a negative connotation towards losing. And we learn to associate bad, negative pain to losing. And uh, whenever we win in sports or win in school or uni or in a job, people celebrate that. We learn to associate positive, pleasurable things to winning. And we have this positive slant and positive association to winning. But the issue when we come to trading is that to be a profitable trader, to be a consistently profitable trader, you have to both win and lose. Winning and losing is both part of long-term consistent profitability. It's part of the edge, right? So a trader needs to learn how to transcend the judgment on winning and losing so that they can stick to their trading plan, their trading processes, and their trading edge, and they can ride the storm of both wins and losses. They can you know, ride that journey, that rock journey to have consistent profitability. So... You know, if you, if you, I'll use my hands here. If you take a loss and you go into a state of shame, fear, and you perceive there's more drawback than benefit to that, or if you take a win and you go into more benefit and drawback when you take a win, then you're, you're, you're not balanced after, after a loss or a win. And that's going to affect the next trade you mm -hmm. take. If you're in this state of pride and self-exaggeration, you're more likely to force ideas onto the market because you feel invincible and you think you can predict what's going to happen next. And if you're taking a, you know, taking a previous loss in this state of shame and fear, the market may present an opportunity, but you're not going to execute out of this state of fear. So whenever you're in a state of fear and greed and a state of pride and shame, you're not sticking to your trading plan. You're not executing on your edge. And it comes back to what I said before. How can you expect consistent profitability if you're not consistently executing your edge? If you're forcing ideas onto the market from a proud, proud greedy state or you're not executing on positions from a shameful, fearful state. So law six is arguably one of the most important laws. You have mm. to learn how to redefine what winning and losing mean to you. And you have to learn to transcend the judgment on losing and winning um, so that you can become more neutral after wins and losses and you get back to this state of equilibrium quicker and get back to your trading plan. Hope that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. does. It's, it's yeah. good. I mean, is there, any, is there anything you sort of like, you know, a, I suppose behavior or something somebody could do an action they could take that would potentially start to trigger those you know losing isn't bad um, yeah, so, kind of thoughts yeah so I teach I teach a process and really what it is it's about asking good questions to expand your awareness of 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 losing and I'll give you a few of those answers so when you take a loss the question you want to be asking yourself is you're already aware of all the all the all the negatives, all the painful components of losing. And now, mind you, this is assuming first and foremost that the loss you took is a part of your trading plan, right? We're not taking random losses or gambling and then justifying the loss. We're adhering to our trading plan. We've taken a good loss, which is part of our trading plan, and then 
we're having this we're having this negative emotion here. So we have to learn to manage the emotion. So we show up the next day to stick to our trading plan. So the question I'd be asking myself is, what's the benefit of this loss in this moment? And uh, you know, what's the benefit of losing here? And you want to start to, in your mind, realize that losing has benefits too. There have been many situations in my trading journey where I've gotten a little bit, I've gotten a little bit comfortable, and I've deviated from my trading plan slightly, or taken a slightly lower probability setup of my plan. I've taken a loss, and that loss has sort of, you know, when you touch a hot stove and you associate pain to doing something silly or stupid, and that kind of keeps you in check, that keeps you accountable. So the loss in that situation, the benefit of the loss, is it holds you accountable to sticking to the high quality setups in your trading plan because you're aware of the risks in the market. You're aware that the market can be risky. Now you you had that little you had that little checkup, right? Another benefit of losing is that it makes you more open and teachable. It makes you realize that you know what, there's still probably things to learn here, and I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to stay grounded. I'm going to I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to study. I'm going to continue to grow, right? It's another benefit of losing. And then when we have a look at the, the drawbacks of winning, what tends to happen when we win is we tend to puff ourselves up in this state of, 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 of invincibility and we start to force trades onto the market. So we have to see the other side of winning. Yes, there's a benefit there, but there's also a drawback that we have mm. to be aware of. The other drawback of winning is, again, we feel like we know things now and we stop learning, we stop being open, we stop being teachable, and that stunts our growth. So when we start to realize that there are drawbacks to winning, you start to take that off the pedestal and you start to realize that there are benefits to losing and you lift that up, then when you lose, you realize there's drawback and benefit. Okay, I'm a little bit less emotional. I'm more balanced. I can get back to my trading plan. And when I win, I'm more balanced. I get back to my trading plan. So it's about asking good questions that make you aware of both sides of winning and losing so that you become more balanced, become more poised, and you get back to your processes. I suppose you could even practice that on, you know, something else that you that's not trading. For example, if you're yep. playing sport or if you're playing a board game and you lose, or some other kind of thing that involves some kind of skill that you don't do well at, then it, you could probably even ask yourself that question just to, you know, re reiterate that whole, you know, I suppose mind changing, um, or was it uh, uh, changing the neuro pathways yep. so that they start to rebuild even quicker. Now, and, what about number seven? What, and what that, are we? And before we move on to law science, oh, yeah. that's exactly what it is, Cam. It's you, you're reassociating the pathways in your brain so that when that experience fires, you, not only the negative fires for that, the positive fires for that as well. And by the way, all 12 of these laws that I'm going to run through, in fact, all 48 of the laws um, uh, are directly applicable to any other industry, right? I'm starting to, to teach these laws to poker players, to athletes, to that type of stuff. And they're transferable laws because they're laws of human nature that can be applied to anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, that's what exactly what I was thinking. Like this kind of stuff is good for everyone, yep. especially on the losing. Now, yeah, number seven. Should we dive into that one? Law seven is similar to law six. Law seven is where you start to think like a professional trader. Um, what I've observed are very, very, very elite traders are trading a lot of capital, but they they're so stoic on the outcome. They they uh, they when they win, they're like, okay, cool, I took a win. When I lose, like, okay, cool. They, they're not, you know. What I've noticed the difference between an amateur and a professional is the amateur tends to get very, very happy when they win, whereas the professional tends to be quite stoic after a win. They put that in context over a larger sample space and they realize that this one individual win, you know, maybe making up for previous losses or be making up for future losses. So I'm going to stay grounded, putting in context. Um, so law seven is about observing the transformation. It's about realizing that there's no such thing as loss without gain. And there's no such thing as gaining without losing. There's laws of con conservation in the markets and in your mind that you have to be aware of so that you become less attached to winning and less avoiding of losing. And you learn to observe the transformation. Um, when you win, you realize there are things I've lost here. When you lose, you realize there are things you've gained here and you become more stoic, you become more balanced and you just stick to your trading plan. A lot of these mindset principles are now about managing fear and greed so you can get back to your trading plan. You can stay balanced. I'm so relating most of the stuff back to my golf game as well as my trading. Yep. So, <laughs> uh, right, number eight. Uh, number eight is all around uh, limiting beliefs and shattering limiting beliefs. There are a lot of traders who I've I've worked with who have certain beliefs around money, or they've had certain beliefs from their upbringing, or from their parents, or from schooling, or from religion, or any of those things about the good and bad of money and. Uh, 
you know, they have this association in their mind that money is very, very good. I need to sacrifice myself and my life to make money, right? And they are infatuated with money and they're, they're, they're not taking care of themselves. They're, they're ruining themselves to make money. Or they have this belief that money is bad and, uh, and they're avoiding money consciously or unconsciously, right? You may not even be aware that you have this unconscious belief that money is bad. And that's the reason why you have what are self-sabotaging behaviors to spend money or squander money and push it away from you, right? And we have to learn to, to address these beliefs and redefine these beliefs of what we think around money, what we think about ourselves, any limiting beliefs or ceilings we have on ourselves, um, things like guilt and shame. I worked with someone recently who had uh, a lot of guilt and shame accumulated through their life and they didn't feel worthy of holding on to money. They didn't feel worthy of having any level of success because they had a lot of guilt logged throughout their life. So we have to learn to redefine these beliefs around money, around ourselves, around our own level of success, of our own level of ability. Otherwise, uh, a lot of these a lot of these beliefs are unconscious, um, and uh, you have to address them. Otherwise, they'll run your they'll run your results. Cool. Now, number nine. Number nine is about uh, owning traits. So there are a lot of traders out there who uh, look at social media traders, for example, and they admire them. They think they have their life figured out. And uh, typically people on social media doing very, very well, are just very good at marketing themselves and they put their best foot forward. They only show you half the picture. They only show you their best side. Um, and there are a lot of traders that you know come to me and say, this person is doing very, very well. I'm going to idolize. I'm going to mimic them. I'm going to emulate them. And I do believe in learning from others. I do believe in standing on the shoulders of other people. But there's a fine line between doing that and between, uh, you know, infatuating with someone thinking they're a godlike figure that has all the answers. So uh, firstly, uh, Law 9 is about realizing that social media traders are just human beings at the end of the day. They have two sides to them. The other thing here is realizing that the only thing that's going to be able to tell you whether your strategy is profitable or not is the market. So doing testing to figure out if your edge is actually profitable or not. And thirdly, another really cool exercise that I like doing um, is figuring out these people you admire, what specifically is it that you admire about them? Is it their ability to you know, spot opportunities and execute on those opportunities as a trader? And then go and own that trait. Go and see where and when in your life you've done that and identify moments, specific moments in your life when you've perceived yourself doing that specific action and who else has perceived you doing that in those moments. So you can realize that that very thing you admire in that individual other people have admired in your life, you doing in your life, in your own situation. So that that owning the you know owning the traits and realizing that these social media traders are just human beings, and taking them off a pedestal, you reclaim your own confidence, you reclaim your own power, and you become more independent. Which is which is ironically, you know, so many traders say I want to trade because I want to become independent, and then you know they just become dependent on, on someone else. So I I don't know, yeah. It is, it is such a, a thing, right, in terms of, like, I've had heaps of guests say, you know, just, it's, it's, your, it's your own journey, you've got to make it your own, right? You've yep. got to make it your own, but then every, like, it's, I think people really struggle with that because they just sort of go, well, I don't really know this, that, the other about price, and then you've learned from somebody and you think, well, I can't make it my own because, like, they're the ones that taught me that, so yep. it is now, I'm sort of leveraging them they know more than me because I've learned from them. So I can't sort of make it mine. But the reality is you still have to make it your own. I yep. think that is the reality. Even though you've learned from someone else, you've gathered that information. Now that may not work for you for whatever reason and just find a way to make it your own if you can. Yep. Or what what I've done is uh, learned from multiple different people and, and put mm. you know different components, put a hybrid together um, and then you know, figuring out your own unique way to execute that based on your lifestyle, based on your risk tolerance, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. You've got last two here. Is it last two or last three? Last three. Law last 10 three. Uh, is about uh, uh, setting a gold standard for yourself. And this sort of ties into what Cam and I are talking about now. It's like, look left and right, see what other traders are doing, and then set a standard for yourself that's 10 times higher. And I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge believer in principles and laws and all that type of stuff. And uh, I think every trader, every individual should have a set of laws or creeds or principles that they live their life by, not only trading related, but also just in general, um, things that you you do, standards for yourself, you know, set a standard that's 10 times higher than other people around you, and then work 10 times harder to achieve those standards and achieve those goals. 
Um, so law 10 is all about setting your own personal standards, a gold standard for yourself, your own principles that you live by and you adhere to. Um, Number 11. Law 11 is about taking your goals off the pedestal. You know, there's a really interesting thing. I don't know if I should mention it explicitly, but it was a recent situation with a, with a prop firm um, where an issue happened. And uh, I've been saying, I may have even mentioned it on our initial interview that we did, Cam, but I've mentioned on plenty, plenty of interviews. You can have a look at my YouTube channel. Mm. Um, I've been saying from day one that uh, prop firms, and this is, I, I run my own prop firm as well. So I'm a, I'm a big believer in prop firms. But uh, I've been saying from day one that prop firms have drawbacks, they have risks, they have disadvantages that you have to be aware of. You know, so many traders were thinking that prop firms are free money, all benefit, there's no drawback, there's no risk here, right? And that's the type of language and mentality that they were using. And what I think the recent situation did is it made traders aware that prop firms have both benefit and drawback, just like anything, right? You're going to have reward, you're also going to have risk. You're going to have positive, you're going to have negative, you're going to have support, you're going to have challenge, you're going to have good, you're going to have bad with anything. So law 11 is about taking goals and especially your goals off the pedestal and realizing that this goal of becoming a prop firm funded trader, it has risks, it has drawbacks, it has disadvantages. And it's about figuring out what those are in advance and planning and preparing for them. For example, one of the drawbacks or risks of a prop firm is that it could go under because of regulations. So some of the best traders that I knew that I was working with, what they did is they diversified their prop firms. They didn't just put all their eggs with one basket, they had multiple prop firms. So instead of losing you know, half a million dollars worth of funding, they only lost 100,000 based on, you know, it's 10% of their overall stack of prop firms. So the, you know, it's, still, it's still not ideal, but they've mitigated a lot of the risk and a lot of the damage there. So that's that's... Law 11, it's about being aware of the risks in advance and putting plans and contingencies in place in advance so that you're prepared for things that could go wrong. Another one, going full-time as a trader. That seems to be a big fantasy in traders' minds, all positive. I can't wait till I'm a full-time trader. And then all of a sudden, you become a full-time trader and you realize you don't have a secure source of income. You, you, you're bored 90% of the day. You've got nothing to do, Right. And uh, so you have to be aware of these risks in advance and put things in place to plan and prepare for them and to be you know, aware of them and be prepared for them in advance. So that's what Law 11 is all about. Take your goals off the pedestal by identifying the risks and drawbacks and then put contingencies in place to mitigate those risks and drawbacks. Yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think the, the reality is, and the people don't kind of live in this reality, or a lot of people that DM me and stuff, nothing's guaranteed there is no guarantee there is no safe those two words don't really exist you can't guarantee anything there's always a little element of risk in everything that you do right well, the thing you can guarantee is that you're going to have benefit yeah. and drawback yeah exactly that i uh, suppose that is there, there is the guarantee is there is no guarantee um yep. on anything so yeah it's, it's interesting whereas i think a lot of people do kind of see it as a 100 like or zero kind of scenario when in fact um, especially when I was working at a bank years ago, we couldn't use the word safe because <clears> it doesn't exist. Safe does not exist. There is always an element of risk, even though it might be minute. It's just yep. you, can't, you can't use that word, um, even though I hear it <laughs> in this day and age anyway. Uh, right, number 12, this is the final one. Yeah, law 12, uh, well, the first 12 of the 48 laws of tra trading psychologies, you want to realize that trading is just one source of income. Um, and... Uh, you want to recognize that what I've seen with the best traders is they have a diversified wealth creation. They focus more on generational wealth rather than just making money now. Trading is a great source of income and you can leverage prop firms to make more and more right now. Um, but you have to realize that there are deeper levels to this. For example, the profits you make from trading, it's wise to invest those in longer term you know, investments and stocks. It's wise to have cash savings. It's wise to have income sources outside of trading, like businesses or a full-time or a part-time job or other projects you work on that generate income. Because what can happen is, for example, the market may not present an opportunity for you in the, for, for three months. And you don't want to be vulnerable to that, just that one source of income, that one source of, of trading income. It's wise to have other sources of income. And then, for example, those other trading, those other sources of income may not provide opportunities. You may not make money from them. So that's where you have your trading there to cover. So I encourage traders to think more holistically about their, their wealth and realize that it's wise to have cash savings, 
as a psychological buffer, have trading income there, great leverage prop firms, great, you know, diversify your prop firms, great, uh, have personal accounts there, maybe even have private investment, have uh, additional businesses with additional sources of income, have long-term investments, do, you know, a bit of a bit of it all and you won't do it initially, you'll build up each of them individually, um, but diversify and consider diversifying because like like we're talking about, nothing's guaranteed and nobody really knows what's going to happen with your system or your strategy or your market in, in a few years' time. You don't want to be reliant on that one system if something happens in the future. Mm. And so that's I, also, well. Yeah, that, look at that. That's great advice. And I think, you know, a lot of people see trading as kind of like, you know, uh, it, it is the end. Like, oh, once I can crack trading, I'm done. But really, mm. it's just open up a different avenue because, I mean, it's still an active thing you have to do to generate income or generate wealth and it's not passive income if you know unless you've got a fully automated trading robot just doing everything for you but even then there's still a little bit of activity you've got to make sure it's active it hasn't been an issue um it's still going to work in the future all this sort of stuff so it's kind of like you know don't put your eggs in all, all, all your eggs in one basket i mean that kind of thing um exactly. now, we did say at the start we we're going to talk about phil tutor jones yep and how this relates to the laws, maybe, you know, not the full 48, but do you want to, do you want to sort of touch on a few things that he's done, which maybe have come across the, uh, the 12 that you've just mentioned? Yeah, I, um, I did a lot of research on Paul Tudor Jones. He was always the most interesting to me um, for whatever reason, maybe because I, it was one of the first sort of uh, market wizards. And I studied mm -hmm. a lot of his stuff early on when I, when I was getting started. Um, but I, I recently watched one of his documentaries, old documentaries that he had mm -hmm. requested to get rid of, um, and I put it. I put a complete sort of overview on on on, uh, on my YouTube for this. Um, but there was a very interesting line that he said um, in that documentary, and he said something along the lines. I'm going to paraphrase here. I don't remember at the top of my head. He said that uh, never wishing, always trading. Never wishing, always trading. And uh, like I mentioned with law five, expectation free, so many traders are wishing about an outcome. They're thinking about what they think the outcome is going to be. They're caught up in their own head and they're wishing. And there's a difference between the ideas in your head, the virtual market and the real market. The real market's where everybody participates in the virtual market is your own wishes and your own fantasies. So what Paul Tudor Jones is saying is don't wish, don't think about an outcome. Just look at the market and trade what's in front of you. And I love that when I when I when I when I heard that I'm like that's 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 brilliant that's you know that's a lot of what what I found through the studies of the psychology and stuff like that um and he went on to say that so many people are focused on pie in the sky ideas these fantasies about how much money they could make if traders just learn to cover their downside which is where your trading planning your trading processes come in proper risk management and they just focused on trading not wishing they would be so much more successful and uh, I think that really ties in very nicely with law four and law five, trading plan and processes and expectation free. Um, that's something that I saw very, very interesting with him. And another one, I'll, I'll mention one more, Cam, before we wrap up, because I don't think many people would be talking about this on on um, on trading night and maybe something new for the viewers. Something else that I they saw really interesting with uh, Paul Tudor Jones is that he had a big, big focus on charity and he was... He was constantly pushing himself and he constantly had a new reason why to show up at work and, and to, to do something, right? A lot of traders who just want to make a little bit of money from trading and uh, live off that, um, they don't have a bigger vision for themselves. What tends to happen is they may achieve a little bit of success, but in their mind, that's the end. There's nothing beyond that. So they've got no motivation. They've got no discipline. They've got no more focus because they've achieved their end goals in their mind. But something I noticed with Paul Tudor Jones, I did a lot of research between his interaction with him and Tony Robbins as well. Um, they talked a lot about what's the next thing? What's the next project? What's the next charity thing? What's the next mission? What's the next vision for you? And one thing that I saw was very, very obvious with Paul Tudor Jones is he was continuously driven by a deeper reason why the next thing, uh, you know, the, the next project is worked on. So he constantly has a reason to show up at work and become a, you know, be a very, very good trader and continue to grow his fund and do all that type of stuff. So I think if retail traders just took a little bit of that, that information and they realized that, you know what, I can do that, maybe not to the same extent as Paul Tudor Jones, but in, in a smaller, in a smaller form, I could do that. And I'd have a deeper reason why for my trading, I would have greater motivation, discipline and focus, and I would, I would get better results, more accountability. Mm -hmm.
It's interesting. It, it reminds me of uh, the the Last Dance, um, or even some any any of Michael Jordan's kind of mm. videos and stuff you see, where he's he comes up, he makes something up that's going to get him through this game because, yep. and it puts him puts him past everyone else, right? It's like you know, I think it was that the coach of the other team walked past and um, didn't say hello to him or something at dinner the night before, and he's like, right, that's it. You're going to get destroyed. I'm going yeah. to destroy your team because of that, because you didn't acknowledge me for whatever reason. And and he made it all up in his head. And, and the guy said, no, I, I didn't say hello to him. What's he on about? But right. he pushed the, he pushed himself to that level where it was like, I have to now destroy this guy because, and hence, you know, play obviously way out of his shoes to, to um, uh, you know, so he wasn't even playing for the game. He was playing to destroy the guy, which yeah. is kind of what Paul Tudor Jones is doing in terms of like giving yourself that stretch goal, which, it's just going to push you. There's a deep, there's a deeper yeah, reason deeper why. Meaning. Yeah, yep. deeper meaning. Yeah, awesome, awesome, Pat. Well, look, is there anything I didn't ask today that you should have you want to cover? No, I think we, I think we covered quite a I, lot. I, so. I tell you what, this is going yeah. to be an epic show for anyone um, wanting to get into their trading mindset. Probably want to go back and re-listen to this again a few times and take notes if you didn't the first because there's so much value in here. Um, thanks once again for coming on, Pat. What's the best way for traders to get hold of you? I appreciate it, Cam. Thanks for having me. Um, probably the best way is just to jump onto my YouTube. Um, I've got my YouTube channel, which is just my name, Pat Bailuni, P-A-T-B-A-I-L-O-U-N-I. And you're about to find me on YouTube. I've got a lot of videos to, to keep you occupied and keep you busy there. Um, and I've also got my Instagram, Master Your Trading Mindset, which is, um, you know, the YouTube is more for the for the in-depth stuff. The, the Instagram is more for like the daily reminders of mm -hmm. adhering to the correct mindset principles as a trader so i encourage you to check both those out um and yeah if you if you have any questions please let me know um, i'm always here to help and I, I get back to i think all the messages so brilliant well look and, and i'm sure um you can probably find if you wait long enough you're going to find the other well i don't know 32 i'm trying to do the maths here the other 30 36 uh of those those think, uh yeah. laws yeah the other 36 yeah. of those laws that pat's going to drop um on his channel and uh if you want to find out the uh, the original podcast that we did then there's going to be a link below this in the description go and check it out um you're going to find out it's full story there albeit it was a couple of years ago um so it's a long time have, ago. yeah it was a long time ago all right folks have a great trading week and we'll see you in the next episode. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dusted with Pat. Now, remember, go and check out all those things I mentioned at the start of the show. We've got so much going on. We've got all those sponsored discounts. If you do want to get that 100% deposit bonus from Black Bull, go and check that out. We've also got uh, the PropBot video. So if you haven't seen that video yet, go and check it out. It dropped 24 hours before this one. You've got a couple of weeks before the webinar uh, opens. So if you do want to check it out, then it is probably the most unique way I've seen to actually make a payout from a prop firm in the fastest way possible by doing the least amount of work and having the least skills as a trader. So folks, that's coming up here. Go and check it out and we'll see you in the next episode of Trading Nut.